Shook me the Mooney, episode three. I'm Mooney. Shook me the Mooney. Shook me the Mooney. And I am wearing this mask because that's what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, but here, where we're recording from, we're both in the New York City area. They are lifting the ban uh, on many locations and businesses, which is a big deal going on today. Today is June 12th, 2020. So I'm just going to leave this off because I've been wearing this all day at work. It's uh, a little annoying. But be a little annoying later on too when you have to wear it for another so basically this has me thinking about uh back in the day back in the day man it's only like four months whatever but uh going out there hanging out with your friends um i'm getting a little uh, nostalgic for it i'm getting nostalgic for um fall 2019 and uh yep we hung out a bunch in the fall of 2019 a lot of good times and there was sometimes that it got a little weird, a little annoying, because uh, I had an incident that happened in November 2019. I'm going to set the stage for you. So basically, we were going to go see a stand-up show, which is like a very uh, cliche thing in New York City. And it, we were going to see Artie Lang. Great comedian. I like him. He's a New York guy, New York area guy. I know, showed you like him too. Yeah. You like him Big from the movies. movie, right? What yeah, movie was that yeah. again? Dirty Work? Dirty work and barely big fan. Yeah, and I was a big uh, Howard Stern fan growing up. And uh, oh, that too. I used to watch that before I went to bed because they had like yeah. Pino stars and <laughs> strippers from scores. Oh wait, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to cut you off, Shug, but uh, what is what is Pino? Pino is short language for porno, pornography. You know, videotaped in and out, in and out. You know that. Uh, it's vast a majority of, saying, of the popu- uh, population enjoys to to partake in. <laughs> it's a classy way, you know. It's like a finger up type of uh, they can uh, get, you know all that. Anyway, so we had tickets. I bought tickets for us to see Artie Lang live at Gotham Comedy Club, and it's a popular spot. They have two locations, but the one we were going to was on Twenty Third Street, and uh, so I, it was all said and done, you know. We were on our way, but then earlier in the day, the show was at 11, but there was another show at 1. I thought we had the 1 o'clock show. I'm not sure. That was my thing. I thought we had the 1 o'clock show. And uh, so we're there, set to go. And earlier in the day, around noon, I went to my other friend's house. And when it's 12 o'clock on a Saturday, you're drinking a few. And I stopped drinking for a long time. I went like a, only a year without drinking for like a... It was suggested that I should kick, up, kick down on the drinking. Uh-huh. So then um, I started uh, going uh, going out more. I was at a barbecue in the morning, like around noon. Right. And then eight, 6 o'clock pops around, and I text uh, Shug, and I'm like, all right, man, I'm going to get it ready now, soon. So then I felt great and everything. Then I started I had a couple more drinks. And then by the time it was 11, I'm, on the, I'm in the Uber, I'm on my way down to Manhattan, mm-hmm. and it kicks, it hits me out of nowhere, and there was traffic on the. It snuck up on me. Yeah, it happened. Yeah, I was so like, here we go. I'm having a good time, and then the driver kept like, you could see the Uber driver. He was like this, like I, I can't do it. Let me do the. He was like, just kept on looking at the mirror. <laughs> you okay, man? I got. Is this dude gonna hurl? <laughs> I got, I got pulling springs in the back. And I was like, oh, I'm good, man. I'm good. So I'm on the cross county 
and we go on the West Side Highway. And then when I get out of the uh, car, the Uber, it must have been about like it was t- like eleven thirty-ish or twelve. And uh, Shug is texting me like, "Where are you, man? Where are you, man?" And I'm like, "Oh shit, oh man," because it took a while for the Uber. You know, I'm not blaming the Uber guy, but. It was my fault entirely, but I got there late and I'm running down from uh, Union Square to where Gramercy. Um, uh, yeah, it must have been like like ten, like nine to ten blocks. It was. It was yeah, so it I was ran. A jaunt. So yeah. if those of you who drink a lot and then you run, you get drunk more because the heart races. It's a very basic science. And while I'm running there and I'm trying to check check my phone to let them know that I, like you know I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. I literally bump into Artie Lang. I bump into the human being Artie Lang that we're supposed to see. And uh, I feel bad because I know he has uh, struggles with uh, addiction and uh, drugs and alcohol and stuff. Bump into him mm-hmm. and I'm like, hey, man, what's up? How you doing, man? He's like, How you doing? He's trying to get furthest away from me as possible. And I'm like, I'm going to see your show, man. And he looks at me. He's like, you just missed it. And I went, what? He's like, yeah, it's over, man. I'm going to my car. I'm leaving. I was like, oh, shit. Apparently, it was like a 10, and then it was like a no, like a 9 and 11, and the show en- just ended. And there was people, like, curling, like, insults at him and stuff because he did a lot of uh, anti-gender. Uh, uh, he did a lot of, like, anti-gay and, like, racist jokes, and they were on his case about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Understandable. But, yeah, understandable, obviously. But uh, he had other, you know, that's not all he's about, but. The fact mm-hmm. that uh, in that like space time continuum, I bump into him, you know, the first time I got like, that was the worst I got in like years. And like, and, and you know, I, I saw him, you know, I saw him too while I was where? waiting for you. Yeah. Yeah. I saw him like he, he was coming out and he was talking to like a young black comedian. I wish I could remember his face, but you know, I, but because you know that that young black comedian is probably gonna have his own show on like NBC or something in like two years. But he was giving that young black comedian like a lot of words of encouragement after his set, and I saw you know I was waiting for him and I was like, wait, this guy is leaving, and we're supposed to go see him. I see him we'll yeah. go into a car, and I'm sitting there in my mind. I'm like, is he coming back? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. The whole thing is that I, I knew it was two shows, and we had the second show. And I guess I, I I swear it was it was like eleven and one like eleven p.m. one p.m. late show which was like ideal for comedians getting back into it because uh, yeah. I've been watching stand up comedy since like the mid nineties on Comedy Central and everything and uh, I like already ba- mainly for uh, Howard Stern uh, I used to watch it again we uh, I would watch it on E at night and uh, me and Sugar I don't, don't want to date ourselves but we were in uh, grammar school and early high school when he was doing his thing yeah and uh yeah because 08 was probably like the last show 2000 2007 2008 now he was uh they stopped doing the e-show um i think january 2006 or late 2005 and then they got on to um uh yeah because because i I don't remember i don't recall it being on when i was a senior in high school and i was senior in high school 2007 2008 you just date yourself (laughs) <laughs> anyway, no, because no, you like, you know what's funny the same the same way you said back in our day, somebody um s- someone I follow on in Twitter he asked last night what do you count as back in the day, so I was just like you know what whatever happened before I graduated high school that's back in the day for me. 
Really? That's good. That's a good way to put it. Um, I don't know. I, for me, I think it would probably be like um, like mid college or maybe like maybe when I first started college, like late two thousands. Everything else, but now it's getting more and more. Yeah, because I already I would include college too. Like, yeah, I think when you're like real old, like senior citizen, like back in your day, it's like your whole entire adult life. But as you know, in our age, you know, in our thirties, it's you know, ten years ago. That's back in our day. Because generation change, generations change. It seems like every two years. Uh, well, well, what I was gonna say, yeah, 20, 2010 is like really old to me. Yeah. 2010. Do you want to describe the whole uh, experience you had in Sanford? Oh, yeah. So, so me, my stepdad, well, me, my stepdad, my mom, and my brother, we took a little drive up to Stanford, Connecticut. Um, Apparently, they opened things back up uh, about a week ago. Cause when my barber was cutting my hair, he actually he he said um I asked him when they opened back up. He said last Monday, and while I was walking in Stanford, like restaurants are open up. The restaurants were opened up, and the, um, you know, you'd see people sitting on the restaurants. The only thing about the restaurants I didn't care for were the um. People working there had masks on and were like social distancing, but the patrons weren't. Um, that was one thing I observed. So we went and we got our haircut and we got our haircuts with the with our masks on. Mm. And how how was that like though? Because like I couldn't imagine like having. I'm already like really awkward about people touching things around my ear, and my face, and stuff. And yeah, I have a string around a, a G string around my ear. And mm-hmm. I had someone like trying to like maneuver around it. Like I couldn't do it. I, I, I like I have that much uh, anxiety yeah, so, about that to begin so with. So the only thing, the only thing I wish was that the um, my barber had like gloves on his hand. He didn't have gloves on. He was just freehanding it. But I did every time you know he did touch my face. He would step and go in the bathroom and wash his hands. You know, maybe the the glove would like mitigate that, but it was a real nice spot. Um, if I had the card, I would, I would really love to give them some free advertising because it it was a really nice place. Um, the people were North African; they were from Algeria and Morocco. I have the thing you sent me. Want to pop it in? Do it after. Oh, it after. yeah, we could do it after. We could shout them out at the end. I just gotta uh, get my wallet. I got that card. Oh, okay. um, it's called Stufi Stufi um in Conne- in Stanford, Connecticut. Um I don't know if it's Stufi's barbershop or Stufi's hair place or whatever, but it's Stufi S T O U F I. Um so my stepdad uh he actually did the research cuz I woke up and he told me, you know, we, we got an appointment for six o'clock uh, for the three of us at this place in Stanford. And, you know, in, in your head, you're like, all right, like, do they even like cut hair, you know, good. But, you know, with these times, you know, pickings are slim. So you, you just got to uh, go. Yeah, you just got to go. That's for measures. That's for measures. Yeah. That's a good name for a new uh, hair salon, barbershop. That's for measures. There you go. Yeah. 
Uh, but the last time I'll go back, I'm gonna. I'll, but if you look on my hair, I look fly. So yeah, yeah I was saying like, uh, if you watch Very episode one, place. if you watch episode one and two, mm-hmm. had a little bit of fro going on. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. But in me, in my, in my own thing, I need a little. Uh, I, I do. I usually do the the full uh, shave, beard, fade in to the hair. I like it long because I like to be uh, edgy. That's like my thing. Uh, going back. Yeah, so then we eventually saw Artie Lang live. He performed at Gotham City Club two months later, and we got tickets to it. I felt like shit. I felt like a little whatever. Next day at work, I was like, oh, man. I was like, sorry about that, man. I don't know what the hell happened. Uh, but in the positive, because usually I fall ass backward into money. That's my, my whole life. I got a free book signed by him. Mm-hmm. And uh, here you go. Only one copy, sorry, Siobhan. And yeah. also But I gotta pick with him. We we could add in the pictures. We have yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, so then we all and then so in the in the cameo, I ordered a cameo with Artie Lang and he was he was a very understanding, he wasn't making jokes or anything, he was just like, Oh man, I understand what happened. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been there, man, like shit happens and uh um here is the copy of the book. Uh, come meet me be, be uh, backstage. Come meet me backstage. I'll take a photo of you guys and then just message my uh, manager. And we did that photo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, for, uh, maybe it was random serendipity, but we sat front row center. Is that not true? Yeah, yeah. And it was my first time at a comedy show. I always love comedy. You know, Eddie Murphy Raw is one of my favorites. Um, Dave Chappelle... Uh, I met him and it was one of the, you know, it was very brief, but it was one of the greatest moments of my life. I, I would never forget. And Chris Rock, you know, I love these different comedians. So finally getting to meet one and actually getting to sit down and listen to an actual comedy show live was something I always wanted to do. And Mike um, helped me realize that dream. So I thank him for that. And I totally forgive him for the first time because you know what? I was shit faced too, but I think I hold my liquor a little bit better than you, <laughs> than well, you do. I think that's the only difference. <laughs> the whole thing is that, you know, Hey, I pay for the Uber to drop him off and then meet back home. It was basically like a $300 fuck up. So it happened many times before it has not happened since. It will never happen again. That's yeah. uh, maybe that's COVID. Maybe it would have happened again with COVID, without COVID, but, uh, no, I, you know, it happens. It's like you get the most funniest stories. And That's whatever. life, man. That's life. definitely life. I don't trust anyone. I don't trust anyone who hasn't gotten that fucked up and who hasn't got their ass kicked to talk about it. I don't trust mm-hmm. anyone, you know. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. It's called, uh, it's life, man. It's life, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, so we definitely had a good time there. Hilarious because we didn't even just see him. We saw about um three or four other comedians because it was a whole set. Um, I think the other comedians did about like ten minutes, and he did about like twenty thirty minutes. And everybody was spectacular. I don't think I don't think anybody I got on stage. I, I really wish I remembered who came on before them before him because they were really really good. I know they are. All right, so the first uh, stand-up comedian, I don't know about. It wasn't it was a woman. I don't remember her name. But, mm-hmm. so Artie Lang had a bunch of openers that night. And one of them was 
uh, Craig Gass, who's also in position to take the role of Jackie Marlin from Howard Stern. So Jackie Marlin is a, is, is a sidekick, quote unquote, for Howard Stern. And then he asked for more money. They said no, and he quit. So there was a whole litany of who, who's going to take over, you know, who's going to be the, uh, the next uh, Jackie seat. And they left it open for a long time. They left, there was just an empty seat for a while. And they would have a revolving door of uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, they had Craig Gass. They had, mm-hmm. uh, uh, they had, uh, you know, uh, Artie Lang, and uh, Jimmy Kimmel actually is the one who uh, you know introduced them to. And then also uh, one time years earlier, Norm mm-hmm. McDonald, another one of my favorite, and I think oh I love him in Dirty Work too. <laughs> yes, that's where they Dirty met as well. And uh, I don't want to like talk for Artie Lang, obviously, but I'm a fan of his. He had a big fuck up on set for Dirty Work. And uh, things you can look up Marty Lang. He has a whole litany of. Am I using mm-hmm. litany? Right? Am I, is litany the right word that I'm using? Litany, like a line, like a. All right, anyway. So like basically, a long list of yeah. Yeah, that's all right. Screw that up. All right. Yeah. No, it's the right word. So yeah, a long oh, list good. of right, things. All right. Yeah. All right. So basically, if you go back, Marty Lang worked on a show. Marty uh, Lang worked on a movie called Dirty Work with uh, mm-hmm. Norm Macdonald. And Artie Lang um, was already semi-popular with Mad TV, and basically that was his only um, Hollywood experience. Before that, he was working the docks in Manhattan. Another reason why I, I like him and respect him because he's a New York City area guy. He had a normal job. He could have just did that. He could have just worked as a longshoreman. He just could have done that forever. He did what he what did whatever. You know, personally, you know, my father was a bus driver. He did that, whatever. But then he, like, he he opted to try to go in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. He, two years later, he's in Hollywood, and guess what? He fucks up, you know. So he wakes up the next day, and then Chris, uh, not Chris, it was Chris O'Donnell, but um, um, Robin. <laughs> it was Chris, yeah, Robin, yes. But that was that was the next time he fucked up. I'm getting ahead of myself. Norm McDonald. Norm McDonald, yeah. No, but it was two different things. Like, but it was um, pretty much something bad happened, and uh, Norm Macdonald uh, called me, and he called him on the phone, and he goes, uh, "Hey, Artie," and he's like, "Hey, man, what's up?" He's like, "What happened?" He's like, "What happened?" He's like, "Oh, I don't know, man. I, I things something bad happened, or whatever." And like, they bailed him out of jail, and they didn't fire him from the job. Like, he kept working for Dirty Work. That would have been like mm-hmm. his career killer you know mm-hmm. and for some reason he kept getting breaks and uh you know so basically yeah so then he started working on the ma- uh dirty work yeah and then the next thing he was introduced to howard cern via norm mcdonald based on uh dirty work and howard just like liked him he didn't really give he didn't really care that much about him he was just like, oh he's funny he's a good guy and stuff and then four years later when the whole jackie martlin thing happened uh, they brought in uh, different people to fill in or uh, uh, audition, mm-hmm. and uh, Artie just he just ended up being the one who st- stood out and stayed. And it was like like twenty like twenty different people, and like, he just stayed and stuff. I always appreciated that, and uh, I just felt bad that um, he never overcome. He, he he never overcame his whatever's in his head. It has nothing to do with money or anything, and 
it was just sad, but uh, I was I was happy to see him. when we saw him live in January. He seemed great, you know. He was still edgy and everything. He wasn't afraid of uh, making a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, he had his own podcast for a while. Um, it went on for about eighteen weeks, twelve or eighteen weeks, with like three. No, actually, like uh, four months, uh, three months, with like three episodes a week, and then it just ended. Everyone thought that he relapsed and everything, and. Uh, he had to make a statement. He said basically that it was too much for him because uh, his addiction is his psychological health and stuff. So hopefully one day, you know, we'll see what happens with him. But uh, that was a uh, that was a big deal. And that was a long statement I made, but I don't know. We'll let it. Yeah, that's fine. I just want to say like he he was very um, nice to us, and he was a you know you could tell it was like a genuine um, interaction. It wasn't. When we we saw him before his show, it wasn't like oh, like I did say you guys could come and all right, let me take a picture. Bye. You know he talked with us and he he shot the shit with us. I even remember like, cause I always confused the movie Dirty Work with Men at Work, and I I brought that up to him. (laughs) And I was (laughs) I was like I know it's not Men at Work. We're gonna have a whole episode about Men at Work, okay? Yeah, I, I haven't seen Men at Work so. I've okay. seen Dirty Work. So I think I've seen Men at Work because I'm thinking it's Dirty Work, but I haven't. So I'll have to watch it before that episode. <laughs> well, he was very, very kind to us. And we, you know, we had a good time. And I didn't, like, I actually didn't know that was a story of us getting to see that show um, until a couple of months ago when um, Mike shared with me the cameo that he um, got Artie Lang to do for me. So I really appreciate that. But I had a good time, and, and it was well worth it. But addiction is real, and, you know, it's something not to be joked about. And if, if you need help or you see somebody needing help, like, please seek it for that person and put that person in the right, um, right position to get themselves better. You know, a friend in need is a friend indeed. So if you can help, you know, that you know that, that's a good thing, and it it reflects well upon you, but it also really makes a difference in that person's life. All right, well spoken. Uh, also, like someone could be like a, jo- a comedian, they can be all like laughing and stuff, and you never know, they might be hurting inside. So yeah, you might know someone that in your life that you think they're all fine and everything, but oh, you never know. Oh yeah, I mean, look at look at Robin Williams because oh, I've been See. watching a lot of Disney Plus and uh, you know, I, 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 his movies will pop up. Um, I remember it was the one movie he did in the '80s with um, it was an island movie. It had like Rick Moranis and Jimmy Cliff, the the reggae artist. I was watching that the other day, and it's like you you look at him. Cause actually, at the time of Robin Williams' death, like he had a really good um show on on CBS at the time with mm. uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar was playing his daughter. It was a really good uh, show, and you could never yeah, tell heard, that like uh, this man uh, had like his he, you know he he was depressed and he's always been that way. I think it was I Dad actually, or something like that Dad or something. Who Dad? It was called Dad or something like that. The show. Yeah, um, I think it was called a lot. Dad but you know if you if father. you read into his his life like he um he had a lot of survivor remorse because him and first of all him and J- Jim Belushi were really close and he passed away 
Mm-hmm. He and Christopher Reeves were actually roommates in the seventies, trying to break it into acting. Oh, and, and uh, Christopher Reeves that. dies. Yeah, so it, it was. It was. There was a lot of survival survivors remorse with him. But you know, he he's he left um a lot of things that made us smile and continues to make us smile. And the fact that he in those moments finding out afterwards that he really had to sacrifice because he was going through his own troubles and he sacrificed to make us smile. It just, it it makes me even more, um, it it makes me admire him even more than I did. Speaking of Ron Williams, uh, there's a actual very, might've been 2013 or whatever, but you have to check. It's hard to check now because uh, FX took off all Louis C.K.'s show. Uh, you still see his other show on HBO for some reason, but you can't see uh, the Louis show on FX. But anyway, he was on an episode where... Uh, oh, yeah, I love that episode. And it's real uh, random. Yeah. Very random, very random. And I, I checked maybe a year ago. I couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's back on on their program. I know that there's another situation where, like, you have to pay an extra money to get the FX full package. But uh, if you watch, like, they show literally, like, S.H.I.E.L.D., show every show from shield or whatever all the way down till now but uh louis louis got is canceled so you you won't see his show um but you might see another show from someone else uh, it's just bizarre that you can uh still watch something uh mm-hmm. based on like a comedy routine or whatever but uh hey but it was a very dark uh very dark episode but that was a very dark show and i i enjoyed it um speaking of dark uh, Suge told me that he did not like uh, Sandlot, which made me very sad and very. Um... Sandlot is one of the many sports-related movies that came out in the early '90s, geared towards our generation. We had Sandlot, we had Little Big League, we had the Major, uh, Major League, we had Mighty Ducks, and uh, apparently uh, Little Giants. But, yeah, Little Giants, which is one of my favorites too. The rookie, um, rookie of the year. Rookie of the Year was a big thing. I personally have a my own story with uh, Little Big League with Rookie of the Year because growing up I was a big Little Big League fan, mm-hmm. and no one else my age like they didn't they didn't care about the movie, they didn't know about the movie because it was realistic. It was like a real like oh yeah he he inherited the the, the team. I don't you know his actor. not to cut you off, but you know the the mother yeah. in the movie, um her son. The MLB draft was the last two nights. Her son was drafted by the Mets. Yeah, so I always liked uh, Little Big League more than Rookie of the Year because it was so ridiculous. Rookie of the Year was such a ridiculous movie. Like, why would a guy who has a good arm and who's like 12, it was weird. Yeah, there there would be labor lawyers that would. Yeah, it's like Disney. But then, but I also do, Mighty Ducks is great. Um, Angel in the Outfield is a fantasy movie you can tell right away. Oh, I um, love that movie. Yeah, it's because you're, you know, kid. You're I was a, like, I was an eight-year-old. Was a, like, JGO. Yeah, I was, I was an old man when I was eight. So, so Sandlot came Sandlot. out in 1993. I saw it. I remember the first time I saw it, I watched it on the illegal box. In the New York City area or other places, you would have a device that you would put into your cable box and you can watch like any pay-per-view movies. It was a thing where like it interfered with it, and um, many of you would know what that is. 
and I watched it and uh, I liked it and everything. And we've recorded it too. And then, so for the next like, like seven years, 10 years, up until I got way older, I'd watch that all the time. And it was kind of a comfort movie to me. And I, I always liked it. And summertime, especially, it would pop, pop that on. One of the movies that I would watch was that, was Sandlot. And uh, I don't see anything wrong with the movie. Uh, I can do one little, retro, as, as a uh, over 30, 30 year old man, older than 30, not the mm-hmm. exact age. Um, I do realize now that uh, Banny the Jet, who was like the all star of the uh, ragtag Molly Crew, he yeah, obviously yeah. was like hounded by this guy because uh, Smalls became a, apparently, Smalls became a announcer and he was announcing the games for the LA Dodgers. And I can already picture the awkward uh, locker room speeches, not speeches, but the interviews. And he was like, hey, 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 remember that time in like July 1963 when we were like, remember we were like, remember that ball went over the fence? And he was just like, what? Yeah. Uh, I think so. Yeah. All right. Remember that guy? Remember James Earl Jones was like in the, in the backyard and he was just like, all right. Oh, uh, okay, man. I think maybe going backwards, I'm going to ruin the movie for a lot of people, but maybe it was in his head. Maybe yeah, it was if you head. haven't seen Sandlot at this point <laughs> in your life, then. <laughs> all right. You should be like, what, what's your, what's your problem with the movie? I don't really have a problem with the movie. It's just, I feel like the movie is heralded and has been hyped up over the years and i feel like there's only one good part of the movie and that one part would probably seem problematic today when um what's his name um squint Squint is the guy uh, who has the glasses because he's squint. yeah when he um you know he fakes that he fakes drowning <laughs> yeah. and wendy peppercorn who was like you know this goddess golden blonde lifeguard comes and saves him and you know she's giving him mouth to mouth because he's acting like he can't breathe and you know on the third try or the second or third try like he sticks his tongue down her throat and tongue kisses her you know he um you know he tongue kisses her and he you know you find out in the movie they end up getting married anyways you know, which, you know, in today's society, we find that, you know, a bit um concerning and, oh, like, he sexually assaulted her um by kissing her when she didn't want to be kissed or whatever. And then they wrote the movie for him to end up with her. But I always thought that was the most entertaining part because, you know, it was funny at the time. I mean, it's still funny to me. I'm not going to even lie. I'm not going to... I'm not going to pander. Um, but the rest of the movie, I just thought it was just, there's really no story. Like, the boy, you know, his his dad, not in his dad. It was his dad or his stepdad. Okay, well, the backstory to the movie is that the the announcer, he's the narrator of the movie, he has to move somewhere else. I'm, I always thought it was Arizona as growing up, but I actually read it up on it recently. It's actually like Southern California. So he was from somewhere else in California. He moved to another. Yeah, neighborhood. it makes sense. That's why they ended up. He ended up on the Dodgers. Yeah, the, you know what? The guy I, ended up being an announcer for the Dodgers. They never actually explained it. Really, they just said like we moved to another town, and it mm-hmm. was like okay. I always liked it because I, I had similar situations where like uh, you had to move. No, I never moved like far or anything, mm-hmm. but like different um, 
dynamics. And um, I, I always felt I, like sometimes where I have to make new friends and stuff. Yeah. I related. To, I, I liked Smalls. I always related to him and stuff. And uh, so that's one of the reasons why I liked him. I liked the movie and, a and lot. That's like every everybody's a new guy somewhere. So I, I could see what our movie is. Um, is very relatable because you know you would be the new guy at a new school. You'd be the new guy at your job. You'd be the new guy, you know, anywhere. So I could see why someone would relate to that movie, especially the way that the um the gang, as it were, embraced him and brought him in. Because basically, I think other than the first time he met them, other than the first time he met them, I think the gang were really, like, embracing to him onward. So it wasn't like something where he, it took a long time for him to get like, you know, brought into the group and basically feel like a part of the group. He was a part of the group as soon as they brought him in. And I think that's a nice message to send to kids because I always say kids can be cruel. I never, um, when I watched the movie, I thought they were all, the whole point is that they're like a motley crew of, there's a whole scene, and I'm going to show it right now. It was now. a very diverse group, too. That, I'm going I'm to show the scene right now. Here. I'm going to show the scene right now, real quick. While we're talking, yeah. I'm going to show the uh, the rich kids coming in with the uniform and stuff. Yeah, the baseball team. I might inter- interplace with the uh, those <laughs> those bikers. I, I wouldn't remember. even I wouldn't even say they they were rich. I would just say like they were part of an organized team, so yes. they was like and sellouts. I, see, that's a good name, like. That's a good word, uh, organized, because they did a whole thing that happened last week, and then we don't have to actually put it together, but I'm just going to show the scene of them coming in here. And the, the Sandlot were like, uh, you know, the Romali crew is, is the word they would use. Um, I always liked it, though. That's, like, one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, I'm, I'm shocked that you, like, you didn't think it was uh, admirable to be still in the echelon of sports movies, which is the topic next week. That's a decent movie. It, I, I'm going to go this far to say this. I don't know who made the movie, but it is the Martin Scorsese of children's sports movies. I wouldn't go that goddamn far. What, 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 would it be, what would it be? Of children's sports movies? Um, Mighty Ducks 1 and 2. That, that's I wouldn't put true. 3 because they're like teenagers at that point. Um, rookie of the year. No, but you uh, just said the whole point is that nothing happens in the movie. It's kind of like a, like a like a movie where it's like a Tarantino or a Scorsese movie where things just happen and you just watch. You know. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm but the whole plot of the movie, the whole plot device of the movie was this this big. That's what I was I was talking about. Um, I can't remember it because it, it, it's kind of important if it was his dad or his stepdad. You know, being a person who like regards my stepdad as my dad, um, and basically forging that relationship from the get go, because I think that was a thing that his his um stepdad, his mom remarried, and he basically wanted to um he basically wanted something to relate with his stepdad with, and baseball was that thing. So, you know, they got outside and they played catch. And he, at the beginning, he couldn't play catch. He couldn't catch and throw. Mm. Um, Like, with me and my stepdad, like, he he was really into sport. Like, we knew each, we knew each other our, our whole lives. But, you know, 
he came back into our lives and when we were like when I was like eleven. So at that time, every night I would walk in the room and he's watching Sports Center. He's watching Sports Center. So I was like, all right, maybe I should start getting into sports. And that's how I got into sports. And Mike, if you know me now, I'm that guy. And to this day, like me and him, like all we talk about is sports. Ad nauseum. We talk about sports all day long. I'm like, oh, come yes. on, passion. Come on. So Smalls, um, his his father, this is 1963, you said? The movie takes place in the early 60s. So it's 1963. His, his stepdad owns a... He owns a um a Babe Ruth signed baseball. Was it a Babe Ruth sign or was, was it? Um, no, it was a Babe Ruth sign. Or it was signed by the twenty seventh Yankee. The twenty seventh. Yeah, it was. I think it was just Babe Ruth. It was just Babe him. Ruth. And then spoiler alert: he gets the one that signed oh, the entire by the entire team. All right, see murderous there. row. You know that whole thing, and it was the blind. Start theater. You know, yes. before they let black people play, greatest team before they let black people play. Mm. Well. We could watch. We should watch uh, watch alongs with Negro leagues. We watch them. You know, compare them. You know, see how uh, you know, see how good they were. The greatest. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, remember that tweet I put out? It had the nineteen forty. <laughs> like that <laughs> was right, somebody's so, response. Like, oh, right. they were so terrible. Uh, just to to put some exposition on that, they saw um John Boy, um you know, famous for outing the Houston Astros for being cheaters, which they are. Screwed them. I don't have time for that today. But he put out a video uh, narrating the 1945 World Series. And it was a whole bunch of, uh, like, uh, who was errors t- in the... F- what, what, what what teams were they? You just let people know what teams they were. 1945. So that was Cubs-Tigers because that was the last time the Cubs were in the World Series before 2016. Mm. So it showed a lot of... um. Uh, outfield errors, like guys like losing the ball in the sun, um, feeling like th- this is the one that astonished me. The, the the ground balls that got through the infield, they couldn't feel those right. So um, a guy I follow who's amazing, Trill Weathers, he said, "Well, the reason we're what you know, some well somebody responded to him because he was like, wow, like that's terrible." And somebody responded and said, oh, well, it's 1945. Maybe it was out. You know, maybe they were in a war. So then he responded. He was like, well, maybe the best players were playing in the Negro Leagues. That's why it looked so bad. Because 1945, 47, yeah, 45 to 47 is when Jackie Robinson got in. So that's when they started thinking. But that's a whole yeah. other um, tangent. My- and my joke was that the other during the off season they're accountants and running their own like grocery stores during the during, you know this is like their side gig. Oh yeah, like Stan Musial was like bagging groceries. Yeah, it's like it's like fun. a picture of it if you if you Google it. Um, but he um the nineteen so so he had a the the the, fa- the stepfather who was played by Dennis Leary, mm-hmm. um. Apparently, because I think he was only in like three scenes of the movie. He probably, uh, running time is probably about like two and a half minutes at most. Yeah, it was so, Karen Allen. Karen Allen is the mother, which is great. Oh, oh I love Karen Allen. Yeah, Jones fame. Yeah, I love Karen Allen. So she, so he, I guess they lose the ball, the initial ball that they were using, 
And he runs home. He's like, yeah, I got another. I got a ball at my house. So he goes and gets this Babe Ruth signed ball, not knowing the significance of it. Because even he said it, he was like, oh, like it was signed by some chick named like Babe Ruth. And Babe Ruth? You mean that's the same guy? <laughs> yeah. And he, um, I think Smalls, it was like the only time he got a hit. He hit a home run. Yeah. And he hit it over the fence, and this fence, within the fence, there's this dog. And they play it up before you actually even see the dog, where the dog is like a regular, like a regular ass dog. It's just like a regular St. Bernard. But they mm. make it seem like it was. Um, the beast. Like, yeah, it was the, the yeah, beast. Yeah, they call him the beast, and they made it seem like it was like a, a monster guarding the ball. So they, they, a lot of the movie, and like I said, this is why I was just like, the movie's kind of silly to me now as an adult, is they spend a lot of time trying to retrieve the ball. And that's basically like the Brunner movie. And that's why it doesn't really like resonate with me. Like it's a fine film. Like, you know, if if you feel like watching it, but it's not, like, must-watch. Like, if the Rookie of the Year is on, like, I want to watch it. Major League is on, I want to watch it. Okay. Little Big League, I might want to watch it. Little Giants, I'm, I want to watch it. But, like, Sandlot, it doesn't do it for me like it does for other people, including Michael here. Okay, so this movie, Sandlot. <sighs> okay, I'm uh, dirty. dirty. So growing up. I felt I was still in that whole weird early transition between old school Americana going into modern day, like on your, on your phone all day. And then, you know, the, the going back to the computers and stuff. But when you were a kid where I was from, we would hang out and they'd be like, we would just randomly show up and everyone would be there. Like it was 1963. Like, I was like, Oh, what's up? How you doing? And then we would have like fun and adventures and stuff doesn't seem that crazy now looking mm-hmm. back at like losing a ball but losing a ball then was like oh my god not to mention this guy Dennis Leary's character might probably would have beat the shit out of him I don't even want to bring that up again but mm-hmm. that ball means everything to him it means his friendship it means his new life it means his relationship with his you know uh father-in-law or yeah but uh but like he probably what, had a bad relationship with his father-in-law too. <laughs> <laughs> While he was an announcer of the Dodgers, maybe yeah. his, maybe his father-in-law was a Giants fan. <laughs> Benny the Jet would like he's banned from the uh, locker room. Okay, yeah. he's banned from. So basically, like I think that's like the perfect movie, not for kids. It's not a kids movie. When I watch it now, I'm like, this is not a kids movie. Rookie of the year, guy breaks his arm at a summer uh, situation. You know, whatever. He becomes he pitcher. <laughs> he gets Tommy John surgery and becomes a goddamn Chicago Cubs uh, baseball. That's silly to me. In my, uh, I was very, um, I, I didn't like silliness back then. I didn't take anything for, uh, mm-hmm. uh, fuck that. And then Little Giants at least was realistic. Where okay, it's a small town team, two brothers versus brother, and or whatever. It was like a brother and brother in law, where they they hated each other and they dealt it with the kids and stuff. That was another thing I liked. So Sandlot, Little Giants, Mighty Ducks is great because guess what? Mighty Ducks. How does Mighty Ducks start? Shug. Uh, he 
he got a DUI. <laughs> and that is very relatable. So a man gets a DUI and he doesn't want to like start a team. I'm going to start a team now. And it's going to be all the kids from both sides. No, he didn't start a, uh, he didn't no, start no. a team. He was forced to. That's what, was, that's my point. Was yeah. That's my, my point is that like it's not fantastical. Whereas the guys like, Hardball did oh. it better, by the way. Hardball was it? Oh, that's the uh, the Keanu Reeves one. Oh, I don't baby. Eddie, Eddie, the pictures they were selling. Who, 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 who? But like the whole thing is like like uh, Emilio Estevez gets pulled over for a DUI, mm-hmm. and his last resort is to you know train these like other side of the tracks kids and stuff and it's not like a feel-good movie and then it turns into a feel-good movie but that's like the borderline but basically sandlot i think is great because it's realistic and stuff and it's just like this one kid's memory it may not be true i don't think it happened it was in this character's head when he was watching bane the jet i think it was a weird like fantasy he had and then you have you know you have the sandlot and then you have uh little giants which is more realistic you have Mighty Ducks, and the ultimate realistic movie ever that I watch once a year is Little Big League. I love that movie because uh, he's not playing, he's not, the character uh, inherits the Minnesota Twins, who were the, they were actually a good team, like the year after the movie came out. They won, was it, the, you know, the year they won is when the movie they came out. They won in 87 and 91, so. 87, oh wow, I didn't know that. 87 oh. and 91. Oh, never mind. So they were actually a good team. I wasn't like major league. Oh, I fucked that up. Yeah, but but they but ninety one. They actually like nineteen ninety. They were like that was the interesting thing about the ninety one World Series, which is regarded as the greatest World Series. Uh, um, Braves because and both Twins. teams both teams were in last place the season before. Oh wow! And then they turned it around. So they so if the movie was made in nineteen ninety. They might have been both shitty at the at that time. Oh no, it came so they, out. The, the twins might have been shitty. No, actually, it was filmed in '92. It came out in '94. I think or '93 came out late '93 or early '94. So they already won with the Kirby Puckett and all that. Yeah, well, you know what? I don't know what they did after they won the World Series because like the Blue Jays took over. The Braves were still good, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Because they were good on the, you know they they got you know they were good until they got shellacked by, you know. The Yankees. <laughs> well, there's a lot of anti-Yankee people probably here, so. Uh, well, into it. You know what? Hey, speaking of that, I'm didn't Yankee Chipper guy. Jones say something inappropriate? Didn't he say something weird? Hmm? Didn't Chipper Jones say something weird, like, this week? No, Chipper Jones doesn't say something uh, okay. anything weird. All right, cut that off then. Fuck it. But, yeah, uh, you got to edit that part. <laughs> I don't know what the hell you were talking about. Oh, why did I, well, because I brought up John Rocker, remember? Like, I thought I saw something about Chipper Jones. No, Chipper oh, Jones is an A one dude. I don't care. We need a uh, we need an intern, man. He's an A one dude until he proves otherwise, and he has not proved otherwise. Lawrence Chipper Jones is one of my favorite third basemen of all time. Second favorite to my favorite third baseman, Alex Emmanuel Rodriguez. This is a statement right there. Uh, I like the Braves. I like the Braves. I like the Braves, and um, like that's yeah. Like, well, you know, I grew up in Atlanta. I, I wasn't. Oh Atlanta yeah, there we go. I didn't know that. Ninety-five. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah, ninety-five, yeah. ninety-six, and ninety-seven. I was there for the Olympics. I like. You know, Bobby what that, you know that movie about the bombing? 
like that was the first time I even heard about that. That's to show wow. you how like ignorant I was as a six year old. Well, you were six and I was seven, seven and a half, I guess, because uh, I remember that something happened and uh, I'm making a podcast now at the age of 30. And then mm -hmm. while I was filming my own talk show back in 96, the news broke. It was the same time as when um, they were getting ready for um, the Olympics was when the Bulls played the Sonics. And I announced yeah. like, on my like no no audience. It was just me talking to a video, big ass eighties video camera, saying, "Oh, the Bulls won! The Bulls won!" And I was doing the whole like David Letterman spiel and all that stuff. So I I knew a lot about things that were going on based on like Letterman and uh, talk shows. I never watched politics and stuff, so I knew about that, which is shocking, you know, that uh, I cared that much about it at that age. But uh, you you were in living in Atlanta and you just. You hear about that? There was like a a planet explosion, to, but it never happened though. Like obviously they found it, but I yeah, never watched. I, mean, the movie. Like, I didn't watch the movie, I, but apparently like it was, a, it was a setup or something like that. But I don't know. Yeah, uh, I think like, during watch. this lockdown, during this lockdown, um, you know, it might be on demand or it might be on one of the streaming streaming services, and I'll watch the movie, and you know, you could watch it too, and we could uh, get in Richard Jewell. Yeah, and we could we could get in depth with it um in a future episode. But I think it's called Richard Jewell for sure, right? Yeah, Richard Jewell Jewell. Yeah, it's directed by Clint Eastwood, who was, you know, a happy awesome 90th director. birthday. Happy ninetieth birthday. Yeah, man. You know, I love you know, I love Clint Eastwood. I own all his movies. Like if I could pull him out right now, I have yeah. all his westerns. I love his surgery surgery. Uh, show you are a Western fan. You are a Dirty Harry fan? I've not watched Dirty Harry. Um, what was the movie or one star? Um, you are also Coogan's Bluff. Coogan's Bluff with with uh, Clint Eastwood. That's a good one. But you're a uh, James Bond fan. You are a Western fan. Mm hmm So that's like gangster like, movie fan. Oh, who isn't? Yeah. Oh, I don't want to know. Don't want to know. Yeah, but um. I thought today we would talk uh, after um, that. I thought we would talk about customers at our old job. Well, I'm a current man. I'm a current employee. Like, <laughs> still a current. There is, there is a apparently there is. But your 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 I'm, former location. Let me do it. Let me do a bit. Yeah. All right. So there is a company that's a global, the global company. Uh, they sell a caffeinated beverage that people buy in quantities that uh, they love. And uh, there's uh, gimmicks. There's cute little things they do. Uh, it's not that popular yet, though. But maybe by me describing it, you understand what we're talking about. Because uh, if I said the name of it, maybe it would get, you know. Yeah, and they kind of got themselves in some hot water um, in the last 48 hours or so. So if you don't know who it is, uh, you might figure it, about, figure it out by the time, by the end of the time we, we talk. So... You know, I just wanted to talk about the different customers that we we encountered, right. and I just whittled it down to about like, you know, five or six of them. Uh, Mike, I don't it, know if you have. I, huh? bring, I was gonna bring the two dollar bill. Fuck, I don't want it. I'll cut that out though. Shit, I use it as the um, screen. But you know thing. what? Like, I actually been there longer than you, so I probably have a few more than you would. Yeah. <laughs> Just so, uh, uh, I'm not being, I'm not being rude or anything, but I'm just gonna get the. Uh, I'm gonna finish this off. This is the 
pop. Can we get a uh, Polar um, sponsor from this? Polar? Salter? I my, uh, don't even know what company that is, but it's for my sparkling water. You are the official sparkling water of this program from now on. Yeah, so um, there was one customer that actually came in and she was browsing our um, ready-to-drink uh, fridge and she pulls out a bottle of water, like regular water. So, you know, Michael, let me just ask you, how many calories are in water? Uh, big fat zero. Exactly. So this lady, she grabs a bottle of water and she asked me, mind you, she was uh, no um, Sports yeah, Illustrated swimsuit model. Hey, but we don't care about that, do we? Off the record, uh, maybe. Yeah, it is what it is. But she says, you know, how many calories are in this water? And I'm like, uh, zero, of course. So she was like, are you sure? I, yeah, actually, now I'm remembering. Yeah, that's what she asked. She was like, are you sure? And I said, yeah, it's like you can look at the bottle. <laughs> I mean, everybody knows there are no calories in water. But she says, you know, I, I said, you can look at the bottle. It says zero. So then she picks up a mineral water. And then she says... So how many water? How many calories are in this? And I'm like, well, it's still water, so it's zero. So that was one customer. Yeah, but it's also um, isn't seltzer like carbonated? That wanted to be like five or something. Because one time, hey, on the on the opposite the other suit, a shoe, some guy was in my face. He was talking the whole time. He asked me about the same exact things, different types of uh, calories and stuff. And I'm just looking at him like, I, I don't know. I was okay. It was a quiet store, but there was a lot of people in there. And I'm just like, sir, I, I don't know. I don't know. And then me, being the smartass that I am, I he uh -huh. goes, how much in the gum? And I went, uh, zero. And then he left. And later on, I looked at the canister. It was actually like five. It was like a five. Because it was like a weird like mint thing. So it was a five. I went, ooh, shut me up. So whenever I say something inappropriate, I always go, ooh, shut, me, shut my ass up. Um, I don't know if I ever told you about this, but there was an elderly gentleman that was terrorizing our store. And forgive me, because I believe, I, like, in my opinion, I think he had, like, Alzheimer's or he was, um, what's the other one that starts with a D, um, uh, dementia. Um, he had one of those things and he was, he would just pop up to our store and our store was located in Hartsdale, New York. So apparently, that narrows it down. Yeah. So apparently, this um, there was a singer from the '60s, and mind you, I have a very long historic knowledge of music. Like I've told Michael on several occasions, I will pay money to see Fleetwood Mac live, right? Yeah. So I have a respect for the music genre. <laughs> and I literally- Concerts, you know, we don't have any concerts anymore. No. Yeah, well, they kick, they always kick people out. I don't even think Lindsey Buckingham, I think Lindsey Buckingham yeah, is like yeah. the latest to be kicked, kicked out. Yeah, they broke up again, I think about six months ago or a year and a half ago, I don't remember. It was like, they made a couple of songs that were, were supposed to come out and stuff, but- uh, Yeah. So he, uh, um, this gentleman called 
Engelbert Humperdinck, a singer from, uh, let's see, from he was his years active says 1956 to present. So his, I know, I know the name. The height, name. yeah, the height of his career was in the 1960s. Yeah, I think uh, I'm a big fan of the. Uh, aside from Howard Stern, I'm a big fan of uh, Jerky Boys. I think the Jerky Boys made a joke about Humperdinck. Oh, maybe it was in another movie too. They used Humperdinck as a joke, and it was based on him. But yes. Yeah, it might have been because when this guy asked, because apparently the guy uh, uh, Engelbert Humperdinck, he lives, he lives in Scarsdale. I'm going to say lives because he's 84 years old, so he's still alive. So maybe he still does live there. He exists. Yeah, so that's a guy. He's, he's, he, he would always say, huh, do you guys know that Ingo... And he would walk up to customers in the store and ask them, do you know that Engelberg Humperdinck lives in Hartsdale? Have you guys ever seen him? <laughs> this is the guy... And he would walk up to every customer. It actually got to a point. How do I do it? That um. Is that him? Yeah, it's kind of. <laughs> yeah, that's him. That is him. All right. And it got to a point we actually and he he was very like invasive to customers. Um. That was a better photo. This is a better photo. Look how cute he looks. Yeah, there you go. What a hottie. Yeah, man. I don't remember. Yeah, probably roll up on either one of our grandmothers. Uh, hey, well, he's, mar- I would he's take been the married since 1964, but who knows? I'll take the money. Might be a swinger. I'll take the money. Boy, um, I actually, actually, um, hey, this is Henry Winkler. My mother is free game. Go for it. Yeah, um, so actually, I think one time I actually did have to call the cops on him because he was harassing our customers. And he actually invited himself to the Breakfast Club, uh, Michael, if you remember the Breakfast Club from, from our um, location. Have, um, uh, uh, the group that would con, you know, the the group that would confer every morning. Yes. Would range to two, uh, from two people to maybe four, five, six people. Yes. And they would ask us to turn down our music as if they weren't like outside. But it's understandable because we were playing. No, we were playing mellow, smooth jazz. So basically, that's very offensive to them, you know. Then you know they, they said turn it down, so we turn it down. Next day they play, uh, I don't know, in Vogue or something like that, very '90s R&B, and they would get freaked out. They would like ask us to make lower, and uh, basically, mm, it's a little weird. Like, why would you not want to just have regular music playing, like you know, you know, common decency for other people? You know, it's just Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this um person definitely um invited himself, and even they did not want this uh, older gentleman. But like I said, I believe this man had Alzheimer's or dementia or some kind of deal. But I did have to call the cops at one point um, because he was, uh, to my estimation, harassing the other customers. But... That's I don't me. want to give too much. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's interesting because uh, I remember one of the earliest times that uh, me and Shug, we mm-hmm. uh, we bonded over was someone getting decimated by a train. Can we talk about that? 
Yeah, but we were cool after that. Yeah, but I know, we, but we I was talk like, about it. it. It was located in a train station. Literally, you would walk out the door, and the train was about four feet away. Yeah, so basically, like, you know, when, you know I said four or five, you know, six months into me working in the same location, uh, this is way after the, this is after the already landing and everything, but um, kind of sealed the deal was me and him watching someone getting put into a body bag, which was shocking to say the least. And, but I, not everyone needs to have that type of experience, but like, Jesus, man. And then like the day went on, like people came in like two minutes later, they're like, can I have a, can I have a shot of this? And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Just give me a moment to relax. So um, it was a weird spot to be in, you know, working in that situation. Yeah. I'm happy. And, that, um, uh, I'm happy that and I was it's, there, It's though. weird because it was on a cover of the news the next day. Like, the guy that killed himself actually yeah. had killed his girlfriend and his girlfriend's son, like, the yeah. day before. So... Yeah, but basically, I I laugh at it now at, at myself for the ignorance. I kept telling people that maybe it was a guy who, like, accidentally, like, fell into it. And then the next day, like, my brother... Yeah, but you, you, you know, you wouldn't know. Me, you know. My brother sent me the Daily News thing, and I go, oh, he was a piece of shit. Because if you look up... Yeah. The, yeah, it was. The, this is the Daily News, right? Or the, the Post. This is it right here. Yeah. And it says, Demon Among Us, or something like that. And I was like, well, I felt bad for bringing this up. But just like, you're standing there for eight hours. You got to wonder, you know. But uh, that's how, that's what it was like. And then basically, this is like what we're doing now. Like me and him just bullshitting now on podcasts. Because we would do this like eight hours a day and just, you know, just mm-hmm. speak from the heart and like, hey, well, this is what's going on now, and this is us. You know, it's like, you know, it, and it's been out. Um, I we haven't worked together in about like three or four months, and uh, it's a shame because we had a good time just bullshitting and talking. And uh, hopefully, you know, everyone who's listening now has someone like that. You know, just bullshitting, just no like. You know, just yeah, it helps no get through the day. Yeah, no filter. We just bullshit. You know, it's like yeah, and know. this is why we're bringing this to you guys today. The the main point is that like you can't live in a bubble. Okay. Yeah. Don't do not live in a bubble because if you live in a bubble, it's gonna burst. But yeah, but you know, we're just you know, I think everyone has someone they they can talk to and bullshit with. So I've been doing a lot of editing in many years. And I always call my little area, it's not that much to brag about, but I call it Batcave. And there's just one singular photo that I always show everyone when I feel like this is where I'm at. And it's Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne. And he's wearing Wranglers and a turtleneck. And he's just looking like I'm all about it. And uh, me and uh, Javon, me and Shug started thinking about like, uh, like who had the most... Who are the most uh, drip out of all the Bruce Wayne characters? Me personally, it's it's a neck and neck, neck and turtleneck tie between Bruce, uh, Michael Keaton and Val Kilmer. Cause that, so, uh, Shug, what do you think about it? Yeah, so uh, Mike sent me a pic after I told him that like his his setup seemed like the Batcave, like you said. Um, and in return, he sent me a pic of Michael Keaton in said Batcave with all of these screens set up and whatever, whatever. And he's dressed like he, like Mike described. Uh, you know, I love turtlenecks. If anybody's seen my Instagram or you've seen me out, 
Like, I love to wear turtlenecks and I love to wear blazers. I said to Mike, I said, wow, maybe Michael Keaton might be the most, like, swagged out Bruce Wayne. Just Bruce Wayne, because everybody focuses on, like, you know, the bat suit, who has the best bat suit. And, you know, a majority of the movie is spent with that person dressed as Batman or as Batman. Not too much is spent on, you know, the character of Bruce Wayne because, you know, Bruce Wayne, you know, uh, if you watch that Drake video, um, sort of at the bottom, I remember my coworker used to tell me like a line to use with girls was, you know, I look totally different outside of my work clothes. So Bruce Wayne is Batman outside of his work clothes. And I I talked to Mike and I just felt that we should highlight, you know, the Bruce Wayne who, which Bruce Wayne had the most drip, which Bruce Wayne gave off like the best vibe and had the best like persona as Bruce Wayne with his style, with how he talks and just his swagger when he doesn't have the mask on. So in this segment, um, I wanted to include all the cinematic Bruce Wayne's. Um, so we're not going to talk about like the cartoons or, well, we're going to talk about the, the 1960s TV show a little bit because there was a movie version of it. And I recognize that as being the first cinematic Batman. Yes, a lot of people our age, uh, our generation, it was on uh, HBO and it was on a lot of the local uh, cable channels all the time. That's how I first learned about it. I didn't know anything about the TV show. It was always mm-hmm. just that uh, that movie that was always on during the late 90s and stuff. Uh, yeah. Who's my favorite musician of all time? Prince. And Prince is playing throughout this whole situation right now, so... It's a, it's a, it's really a really exciting situation. There's a scene where uh, Harvey Knox is trying to hit on Vicky Vale, who is like the journalist. Play, played by Arliss. Arliss, if you... No, Arliss is not a real human being. It's a character. <laughs> I, I know him as Arliss, okay? Because I've only so, seen him in Batman, and I've seen him in Arliss, and I've seen him in that Ty Cobb movie with Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Why don't you look at the uh, thing where he showed up and was the free agent of... He was the agent of Rodman. I posted it like a month ago. What's his name, man? I- I'm going to look it up, but no, yeah, I'm, I'm going to let you talk. He was on the... Uh, I will, but he was on the um, WCW as his character, Arliss. Fucking bizarre. Robert Wool. That's his name. Robert Wool. W-L-O-F. I don't know. No, uh, W-U-H... L. Robert Wool. Alright, so there's a scene Batman 1989 Batman. So I'm going to show my <laughs> example. But I, I brought this up before that you got mad at me for bringing it up. I'm mad, but like, you're like, well, the whole this whole situation, he shows up in his tux and he's like, he pretends like he's not Bruce Wayne, which is like kind of like, fuck you. you know? That's my, that's <laughs> my like, okay. Yeah. So in Batman 1989, Mm-hmm. It's a very uh, great movie. A lot of people love it and everything, but it means a lot to me because I still watch it all the time. But there's a scene that I watched more recently as a man, as an adult man, and um, it's where Harvey Knox, who is the guy who 
he's like writing the stories about this Batman and he intrigued this woman named Vicky Vale who was taking photos and stuff to come in and he's basically trying to get in her pants and they're walking around this uh this room that has the most amazing things like uh Japanese 1800s just like a lot of like drip am I using that word right drip where he has all this 200 and 300 year old uh just massive amounts of uh just things that you can only get if you have a lot of money and things like that yeah so he was flexing he was flexing he is uh low-key flexing uh, yeah low-key flexing yeah use it again low-key flex i don't know what low-key flex is and so basically but there's a shot of him watching them Mm-hmm. And uh, I love watching it because it's like great. And he's like, all right, well, well, let's see how this progresses. And uh, they're walking in and they show these like really cool things, though, which is really cool. And that's great because, uh, and then they go, uh, well, who are you? Like, you know, and he's like, the, the most famous line that I remember as a kid. And I was like, you know, like four or five years old. And he goes, uh, where, where do you think this is from? Uh, Japan. Why? He's like, I bought it in Japan. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the thing where I'm like, God damn it, Michael Keaton is... You got no Keaton. shot. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, and then she knew, she watched him all the time, and then I'm just like, God damn, this is a really cool shit. And then he also was like inspired, he looked not inspired, but he was like, kind of like, oh, oh man, I wish I was this guy. Is that also another thing where it's like, man, I wish I was this guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like I wanted to just talk about um, you know, the the different ways and you know, and this probably has more to do with like the wardrobe department, but I think it has to do with the overall aesthetic of the film. Um, showing these people as Bruce Wayne because it's so easy to show Superman as Clark Kent because it's like, all right, just throw him in like a suit. Make him look like a Poindexter, and he's Clark Kent. Kent, but in order to be Bruce Wayne, you have to be dressed like, you know, a billionaire playboy, a person that just throws away money. Because you have to keep up that public appearance. If you know, at night, you're beating up, you know, dudes that are snatching like old ladies' purses. Exactly. So, like the the um, can I say something? Yeah. Basically, the difference between Clark Kent, Superman, and Superman and Clark Kent is Superman and Superman, and you know that whole like theory, right? But with uh, right, so, Bruce, so Bruce, I'll, I'll put it to you. I'll put it to you this way, uh, Mike. Every single interpretation of Clark Kent of Clark Kent mm-hmm. in film, right? Mm-hmm. In film, not TV, because I love Smallville. Smallville showed you the three-dimensional part of Clark. What, uh, but yeah. in, mo- in the movies, you know, the Christopher Reeves, the mm-hmm. uh, Brandon Routh, Superman Returns, and then Man of Steel, uh, Batman v Superman, Justice League with uh, Henry Cavill, right? Mm-hmm. What's the main difference whenever they're not Superman? And they're just Clark Kent. It's it, there's real. There really is none. Yeah, 
It's and just a dude with glasses on. That's it. Yeah. And it's like, it's very weird to be like, because when you play Bruce Wayne, you got to be kind uh-huh. of a dick, you know? You got to be kind of a, a, like a dick, right? Yeah, and I love that you, you said that because that's, that's, that's the truth. Like, when they're outside of their uniform, they have to be kind of an asshole. Because if, you know, you're, you know, you, you have to separate yourself from being Batman. Like, if you're an asshole when you don't have the mask on, it's easy to, like, you know, if you're playing Guess Who, you could slap down that person's face because this person that's, like, an asshole, you know, you wouldn't think of that being a person that's, like, saving Gotham City at night and doing the police's job at night, you know? Yeah. So there's a thing about the Batcave. Uh, there, there's a natural idea of saying, oh, you're in the Batcave or whatever, and there's a new thing called the uh, Man Cave and everything, but there's a difference between, you know, the Man Cave and what Bruce Wayne was all about. And that scene in Batman from 1989, and he was, like, trying to get with uh, Vicky Vale, with the play portrayed by uh, uh, Kim Bassinger, um, it just reminded me of uh, my situation where I have like many multiple monitors and everything. And it's just, I like the whole idea of like having like a whole little area of editing and stuff. And that's why I think, aside from the fashion and everything, like the turtlenecks and everything, is I like the idea of being able to edit my own my own shit. Yeah. So. I wanted to start off, you know, I wanted to run through run through every cinematic uh Batman and you know, going off what Mike said actually and this is why I chose uh I chose Adam West to be the first person I described. I actually picked up the nineteen sixty six uh Batman movie up by mistake because I thought it was the nineteen eighty nine Batman movie. <laughs> Um, cause when I was a kid, uh, my mom used to, you know, sometimes would drop me off by my grandma, my grandma's house. And before we went, we used to go to Blockbuster and I'll pick like two or three movies. And this time, like one of the three movies was the Batman because I thought the 1966 Batman, because I thought it was a 1989 Batman. So I actually watched it. That's yeah, really, that's, watched... that's, that's funny though. I I I, I like that because I never actually saw. Uh, I'm gonna cut you off. Uh, I never actually saw the 1966 uh, TV show until afterwards, like way after, and then they started showing on TV Land. But um, for some reason, like someone had it on tape, like VHS. Uh-huh. I'm not sure if it was like a it wasn't blockbuster, and they just had it on tape. Mm-hmm. And saw it, and I was like, "This is weird," you know. Mm-hmm. You think it was weird? Like, what, what was your? Uh, was it the movie? The movie that came out before the show? Is that how it went? Was it the show? That... No, I think it was kind of like uh, um, I don't know. I, I would have to look it up, but I, I I believe like the movie came out on its own because the movie had its own like yeah plot line or whatever. It had its own story. Right. It was. It didn't seem like us. Uh. Uh. uh a mashup of episodes. But I think it's amazing because it ends with them slowly just walking down the side of a building. And it just ends, right? It yeah, like, I was, I was familiar with the show. I was familiar oh, with the, 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 the bam, pow, 
No, not just Batman. Just them like slowly walking down together. Yeah. It just ends and it fades to black. And we always like run into like a celebrity <laughs> in one of the one of the um one of the, the windows. No, but the movie, the, the the movie version of it just ends with them slowly walking backwards, and it just ends. Yeah. That's fucking hysterical. Batman. Batman. But I wanted to start off with Adam West because um, that was the first, technically the first cinematic Batman in a full-length uh, feature movie. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, if you want to nitpick, there were versions of Batman and in um serials before television but this is the first like you know i'm going to the movies and seeing batman on a big screen um but i'm looking at adam west and he's definitely dressed like somebody that owns a yacht he has um the double-breasted suit has his hair slicked back so it's definitely like a lot of drip I mean, especially, you know, I love Mad Men, and I just spent the last couple of weeks watching it before it left Netflix, so... Yes. So me and uh, Joe, Siobhan, we've been watching a lot of Mad Men lately, and I think that is probably top three shows of all time. Yeah. And uh, I'm not going to hype them up because they don't give me any money for it, but there's a there's an Instagram that shows each uh, scene, and they show, like, who created what Fat, uh, what shirt this was and what the like, jacket and who made it and i've been looking at it once in a while i'm like oh, that's pretty cool like you know i'm I'm kind of getting into it yeah right. so i think Mike, michael keaton he definitely um pulled off a tux um you know when you talk about the two movies batman returns him and michelle pfeiffer as uh selena kyle um in the one scene where they're dancing yeah, when they um when they were dancing and he pulled off that the tuxedo scene in there. So as you can see from the first two Batman, Bruce Wayne had some drip. Now I wanna talk about when they made the casting change and they decided to get Val Kilmer to play Batman in nineteen ninety five's Batman Forever. And me personally, I feel like Val Kilmer had more fun. Or it seemed like he put in a lot more effort playing Bruce Wayne than he did playing Batman. Yeah, no. this is what I well, have for him. I watched a few scenes. Uh huh. I watched, I watched a few scenes of uh, Batman, Val Kilmer's Batman, him as Batman, and it was him doing a weird voice. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did a weird. He, uh, Val Kilmer did a weird list, like when he was Bruce Wayne. You know. Um, there was a, there was a whole little backlash of Christian Bale doing the whole Siobhan, and we're gonna make we're gonna make it we're gonna make it you know the voice swear to me I swear to God but then his was like I'm gonna I'm gonna just it was more of a, like a list it was weird like yeah and it, yeah it he definitely did have like a weird voice I do remember that he had a weird sound yeah but and then I also watched um, another scene where. He was playing a. He was playing Bruce Wayne. It had nothing to do with like it was weird because like what what was the advantage of this? And it was basically him walking in and Edward Enigma, and he was basically just telling him like so what 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 is this? What can you do with this that's gonna you know mess up the city, Gotham, and all that? And uh-huh. uh, the whole thing this guy was upset. I I don't remember this as a kid. Like Jim Carrey was obsessed with him and stuff, and he's just like all right, well okay cool. 
just let me know what it means. What does it mean to uh, to Gotham and all that? And uh, that was it. And he just like, yeah, right, shut it down. Like, this is yeah. And I always thought it was like an interesting thing um, that. And Jim Carrey, he like this was Jim. This was like Jim Carrey's like peak. Like he was easily the star of the movie. And if you go in depth into Batman Forever, you would know that you know um, Val Kilmer and Joel Schumacher used to butt heads. And you also would know that Tommy Lee Jones didn't really care for Jim Carrey. But this was at oh, the time. That, when Jim Carrey I didn't know. Was, can you talk about that? I had no idea. Talk about that. Yeah, I Jim Carrey was at the height of his career. No, but oh, I always thought Jones didn't like him. I had no idea. Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones did not like Jim Carrey. Yeah, he he called him a cartoon character. But um, the, yeah, but the you know this was when like Jim Carrey was doing like Ace Ventura, The Mask. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was like a hot commodity at the time. Yeah, and you it know was, he uh, wasn't he he wasn't a slouch either because one thing I always remember when I you know as a kid watching it and even when I watch it now, there's a part where you know like you say, Edward Nigma was um, obsessed with Bruce Wayne, so Edward Nigma always wore glasses, and Bruce Wayne wore his glasses whenever like he wanted to seem smarter. Uh, Val Kilmer's Bruce Wayne, and mm. he would. It was a scene where Bruce Wayne broke out his glasses, put them on, talked about something, and Edward Nigma would put on his glasses while he was listening to him, and he would talk, and then Bruce Wayne would take off his glasses and talk, and Edward Nigma would take his glasses off and talk. And I always thought it was like a hilarious um, part of the movie. Interesting. Uh, and that just shows you the, 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 the type of character that, you know, uh, Val Kilmer played. Like, he had a lot more depth as Bruce Wayne than he did as Batman in that yeah. movie. So, we have George Clooney next. Yes. Um, I watched. He, I, I, I don't know if he had left ER. I'm not too versed in that. He um, left in I believe. Yeah, and he he played a very like calm and cool and like nonchalant Bruce Wayne. Um, you know, obviously that movie didn't do well and didn't do well in the box office and didn't do well with the critics and they definitely they took about eight years off of doing Batman movies after that one. And I always said the interesting story was that if you ever met George Clooney and you talked about Batman Forever, I mean, you talk about Batman and Robin, he would give you whatever you paid to see the movie. If you went to the movies and saw it, he would give you that money out of his wallet at that moment because he's so ashamed of the movie. Yeah, I heard that too. You know, but him <laughs> as Batman, you know, this, this is how he was dressed. Okay. And... And he, um, when he was in the house, when he was in the, the Wayne Manor, you know, he would wear hoodies and like a white t shirt and look like he was like working out. No, he had a sweater that I noticed. It was like a, it was like a sweater, not a turtleneck, but he had a sweater. Yeah. A Halloween, it was a Halloween party. I looked it up. But, you know, aside from like Batman, like I'm a real, like, big fan of, um, 
George Clooney, so he he was one of my favorites. Really, he's your favorite Batman? No, I wouldn't say he is my favorite Batman, but he's one of my favorite actors. No actors, all right. There's nothing to do with Batman. Yeah, so I'm partial to him as Bruce Wayne because uh, I mean, like, as far as that movie is concerned, like, I don't think like he acted bad in it. Like, he he worked with what he had. Well, I think the whole thing was a it was a joke. That's that's the whole point of the thing. I was saying before it was like, what I'm saying it was like uh, they were double double downing on. They were purposely right. things. I told nipples thing, and I don't want to get into nipples and yeah, yeah. But that, so why fuck with the whole goddamn thing? And then like three years ago, it was completely done. And I know you're a uh, Javon. Javon is a good, uh, a really good uh, fan of uh, James Bond. And uh, future Batman, Christian Bale was up up for consideration. Up until he became Batman, right? Wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. So, how would you think that um, that would have went if instead of him, instead of Christian Bale becoming Batman or Bruce Wayne, he would have became Bruce, uh, James Bond? Um, I think it would have been a little different because I think every, I don't know, maybe we could talk about this in like a, a future uh, episode. I feel like every all of the James Bond actors, Sean Connery, George Lazenby, uh, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, and now uh, Daniel Craig. And Daniel Craig, this whenever uh, No Time to Die comes out, this will be the last Daniel Craig, James Bond. Mm. So we, we could definitely do an open and shut based yeah. on him as James Bond and what he brought to the character. But everybody brought their own essence to the character. Yeah. Like, that's the thing I get from watching all 24 of the movies that we have and 25 when, you know, I get to see No Time to Die. I feel like it's each... It was, it was a shame because it's 2020, it's June 2020. And my goal was to see the movie. I, I was going to see the movie uh, in London. I was going to see it, but then this whole situation happened with the uh, COVID and everything. But uh, I think a good thing me and Siobhan should do is watch every single one in order. And he could tell me, like, what you watch first and stuff. That'd be a great, that'd be a great thing to do. Oh, yeah, I know, I know that. I, I, I know each and every one of them, like, yeah, but we I know them in order off the top of my head, so... Yeah, well, you know. we're going to watch in order because I, I literally have only seen the Pierce Brosnan movies, so... I think that's an, a thing we should do. Yeah. People. But, I, I, like, as far as Christian Bale as James Bond, I think he would have brought, like, a different... He, he would have brought his own essence to the character. But I think Daniel Craig uh, did a wonderful, do- wonderful job. He Or he has been doing a wonderful job as James Bond uh, these last couple of years. So it's hard for me to say would be better or worse because you know christian bill has won um what's this like two academy awards two um, um i know that he i know he won I, I, I know he won for fighter I, I can't remember if he won for vice i'm not sure i know he didn't get it he didn't get and the, i think he might and he might have won for american hustle yeah it was something weird like that where he was in character wearing makeup and stuff but uh he didn't get uh james bond because he was american psycho and then they said we can't be 
James Bond. You can't be uh, James Bond and Bruce Wayne at the same time. And he chose Bruce Wayne, and then everyone knows that Dark Knight is like one of the best, one of the best films. You know, really good movie. Yeah, I think um, with Christian Bale, Christian Bale and Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne in Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy was the first time that the character of Bruce Wayne, you know, the you know Bruce Wayne Batman, um, yeah. it was the first time that the character had to separate the two because the idea was in those films, um, Alfred brilliantly played by Michael Caine. That's another thing that, that could be talked about another day of how like Michael Caine was the first Alfred to make Alfred into a character. No offense to Michael Goff. But it was the first time like Alfred was a was a strong like supporting character because he basically every movie would have to tell Bruce that for as long as he wants to keep up being Batman, he would have to choose he it would, there would come a point where he would have to choose which one he had to, he wanted to be batman or bruce wayne so that's mm-hmm. what christian bale brought, brought to the character and but there was no scenes like, as, mm-hmm. there was no scenes where he was like like flaunting and stuff it was basically like i don't part three i don't remember like dark knight rises i don't remember that much about it i saw like one or two times so in theaters, yeah. when maybe I saw it, but I, I never saw a scene where he was like him walking around, like and just being different character. I I just remember him. It was just a basically a seamless Christopher Nolan just sweeping shots and stuff. I don't remember a scene like kind of like how we were talking about with uh, Keaton and uh, Kilmer. So I have to rewatch that. I don't really don't think that I saw anything. That made me think that. Someone, yeah, well, by the time Dark Knight Rises came out, <laughs> after the events of like the Dark Knight, um, he had to stop being Batman because Batman was a wanting man, wanted wanted man for killing for killing Harvey Dent. That was how um, it went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was, it was like seven years removed um, yeah, from him. Weird. I don't like that. That was always weird. I was I was always upset that. Uh, that had that movie film it had to happen because of the whole uh you know Joker thing. That's a different story though. You know, uh Yeah, I mean like Dark Knight Rises was like a fine film on its own. Um to me. I mean it, it was it obviously like uh, it, it's it's um in my opinion it's not as good as a Dark Knight, but it's not a terrible movie. But my thing with um Christian Bale as being Bruce Wayne, I thought in the scenes that were well written by um Christopher and Jonathan Nolan, if you know him, you know uh, if you know him from Westworld, because he's he's the the main uh, showrunner, I believe, on Westworld and the writer and director of most of the episodes of Westworld. That's Christopher Nolan's brother, um, and he wrote the Dark Knight trilogy along with Christopher Nolan and David S. Goyer. Goyer is actually responsible for most Marvel uh, and DC films and TV shows for the last 25 years. Goyer is the name. From Blade all the way up till now. The earliest time we've seen of uh, Goyer was Blade. And then, if you think about that, that's pretty nuts. I don't know if he actually sits down and writes all this shit down, or he just 
overseeing it, but that's pretty a wild, wild situation. If you if you're responsible for Blade up till now, because Blade is one of my first favorite moments. Yeah. And you know when you talk about like American Psycho, I believe that Christian Bale definitely played. You know if you know American Psycho is like you know he's this business a Wall Street guy at day and then a axe murderer at night. I believe Christian Bale played Batman and Bruce Wayne as if Bruce Wayne was this millionaire playboy at day and this superhero at night. So right. I feel like that's was that that's what he brought to the table. Um, yeah, going back to being younger, I remember reading on the internet like that, that was a huge deal. Like, who's gonna play James Bond? Who's gonna play Bruce Wayne? And it was always Christian Bale. Well, that was like the name for some reason, and nothing. And then, and then you know, American Psycho happened because I started watching that stuff in '99. Like, I, you know, and then the show, the movie came out. I remember the first time I saw American Psycho, I was like, "Holy shit!" But I think um, at this point, would have been different. I think uh, Dark Knight still would have been a great movie. You know, I, I what we're talking about the whole like, you know, how who, who which Bruce Wayne was. You know, whatever. I think it's pretty much didn't go past uh, uh, George Clooney because for some reason I think that Christian Bale is just a little, a little different. You know, he he's not exactly the same as the Michael Keaton and all that. So he, it was a different thing. Where more, it went from Tim because Tim Burton and um, Joel Schumacher, uh, Joel Schumacher, and then after that that was it, and then it became. Uh, Christopher Nolan and all that so I don't think it had anything to do with like being like flat because it all goes back to Adam West and Adam West was you know it was the 1960s it's all about being like flashy and everything forget him there's one more there's actually two more but in uh, technically only one more Batman I want to bring up and that is Ben Affleck who played Batman in Batman v Superman never saw it and in Justice League. Never saw it. You didn't see uh, Batman v Superman? Or Justice League? Yeah, you probably... You're not missing much. But you've seen... You've seen photos of him, or you've seen him as Batman. So the thick neck and all that? Yeah, I know what it is. Yeah, I know. I see the... uh, And I was actually excited... I was actually excited because I love... um, for one, like I love Ben Affleck as a uh, director and a filmmaker because I love yeah. the town. I love. Um, uh, I haven't seen, I haven't seen Argo and I haven't seen Gone Baby Gone, but he's directed both of those movies. So I'm a big fan of him as a filmmaker, and I always, before, the town, I always used to say that Ben Affleck as a main character or like the lead actor was never good but him as like the supporting character mm. he was amazing in those roles but in the town like he really as a lead actor like like stole the show i love that movie to death because it reminds me a lot about me and my best friend like him and jeremy him and jeremy renner's character reminds me of me and my best friend and I, and me and me and my best friend always like share like gifts or like memes from that movie because it reminds us of us 
I mean, not that we go around like robbing places and nuns masks, masks, but it reminds, like how they interact with each other reminds us of each other. Um, but I was excited that, that for was Ben Affleck. That, uh, that was like the main Hollywood, you know, because Job uh, Jawbreaker, um, the movie came out in 20, 2008, 2008, right, with uh, Jeremy Renner. That was a big deal. The town. That's what I'm talking about. No, no, the previous one was uh, not Jawbreaker. What the hell was it called? Uh, Her Locker. Her Locker was a big deal, and then that. And then the town came out in 2012. Uh-huh. Big deal. I never saw the town. I don't know. I, I just never saw it. Most of it. I was okay. a busy, busy boy. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like a great movie. Like, if it's ever on, like, I'll, I'll encourage anybody to watch it. It's a great movie. Yeah, I was yeah. excited because, like, Bruce Wayne, um, you know, like I said, we was only gonna we were only going to talk about the cinematic Bruce Wayne. But, mm-hmm. like, Bruce, Ben Affleck, his facial structure reminds me of Batman the animated series, how they drew Bruce Wayne. If um you remember that? Uh uh Kevin uh what is that? Kevin McCarthy? What's that was name? Uh Kevin Conroy. But Kevin, um Kevin McCarthy. Kevin I'm Conroy. just talking about how he was drawn. Yeah, the draw drawing. Because if you actually look at read comics from the last like thirty years. Everyone should watch. Recommend the movie. Uh, yeah, here we go. Yeah, but recommend the movie. Uh, I can get into it, but uh, yeah. Huh. So I was excited about um, uh, Ben Affleck being Batman because he reminded me of the cartoon, um, the Batman and Superman Adventures, and Batman the animated series, and Batman and Justice League, um, that used to come on a Cartoon Network. And, well, no, it was also on the uh, WB and yeah, what was that? Yeah, on Kids WB and Fox Kids. If you if you you're that old, um, but you know of those two movies I've seen with Ben Affleck as Batman, actually three because he was in Super Suicide Squad for a little bit too. Yeah, um, can you t- can you he, he tell me? Incre- huh? All I ever saw was him like, jumping on the uh, car, and apparently that was in not even in the movie. That was in the extended cut. No, nah, it it was uh, it was in the movie. It was in Suicide Squad. Um, really? Yeah, and then he as Bruce Wayne meeting Viola Davis's Amanda Waller. Uh, they had like a they had like a post credits um sequence. With them together talking about the Justice League and it led to the Justice League movie. I don't know. That that yeah, so, oh, wow. Jesus, mm-hmm. like I apologize for not watching any of these movies. I haven't watched a movie. No, like, that's fine. I mean, these movies are not like great movies by any estimation. Yeah, but, but like I should have known. I should know. I I saw the least amount of movies and TV shows while I was working in TV and movies, which is bizarre. That's a yeah. side move. Not weird. Not weird. Yeah, so um in um Justice League and yeah, Justice League, Suicide Squad and Batman v Superman. Like I thought Ben Affleck did a great job. Obviously he had his own um he had his own personal uh 
issues yeah. that he was going through. You know, thing, you know, these are yeah. things like we discussed earlier in the podcast um with RJ Lang. I think that so, I think that Ben Affleck was the best Batman, not the best Bruce Wayne. Does that make sense? Yeah, like if you know, aside from him like killing people, like I, I thought he played the he played the dual roles pretty well. So the last person is the lead actor of the upcoming The Batman, uh, directed by Matt Reeves. Uh, if you know him from the Planet of the Apes uh, movies that have come out, came out in the 2010s, uh, Matt Reeves is directing The Batman with Robin Patterson, um, yeah. who a lot of people might be skeptical about because he's known for the Twilight movies. But um, I actually have seen him. I mean, I, 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 I'll be honest with you. I didn't watch like many of the Twilight movies, but there um there's a a very dry acting yeah there's a a critically acclaimed film that came out uh, a few years ago um uh, you gotta tell me about it though it was uh happy or something like life well well, i'll type it in but it was it reminds me of uh drive like it it up right now drive it sounds it sounds like drive the movie the movie Uh drive But I I actually, I actually took a flight. Um, I was actually on a flight and uh, it's, it's messed up to be like, Oh yeah. Like uh, I'll only watch a movie on an airplane, but I actually watched on this movie with him, Christoph Waltz and Reese Witherspoon called water for elephants. Oh yeah. And, And it was a really good movie. And, like, I remember watching that at the time because I had watched Twilight, and I was like, none of these people on this... None none of these people in this movie can act. Mm. So I saw him in that movie, and I was like, wow, like, he actually... He's serious about this. Like, he he really can act. Like, if you give him good material, he can act. So based on that, that's when I knew, like, you know, casting him as Batman he'd be able to take that role and make it his own. And if you've like seen quotes from him about the film, like he's taken it serious. He's talked to Christian Bale. He's talked to Ben Affleck. And I believe he talked to, to, to uh, he lost George Martin. Clooney. Think about it. He, he, I, I, he just talked like, I will confirm like he will, he has talked to former Batman actors. Yeah, so like, and he's uh, and here's the thing that here's the thing that gets me excited about the movie or gets me excited for him being in the movie. I'm excited. He asked them, "What is it about? What haven't you done while playing Batman?" That's what he asked them, because oh. whatever they haven't done, that's what he wants to do, or what they wanted to do, that's what he wants to do. They haven't cried to do, but he they didn't get to do. That's what cry. He, he's gonna do with it. Yeah. Cry, cry his ass out. <laughs> do a scene where like Alfred gets shot in his face and he's crying his ass out. You know? Uh huh. What do you think? That'd be a big deal. I mean, it known. depends on the story because this is this is actually probably one of the first Batman movies that it's gonna have like his whole. Not his whole, but probably like a vast majority of his um rose gallery because you're gonna have 
the Penguin, um, the Riddler, uh, Victor Zaz. In one movie, though, all right. And oh, all in one movie. So, uh, Catwoman. It might have been Life. Is it Life? No. Um, I, w- I drove my phone right now, but I only have my phone. Get get something yeah. or you know, get large or something. Get Life. Get hard. I don't know. Good time. Good time, Good time. Yeah. Good time. Seems, I think that's yeah, what we're talking about. It seems like a, a like a Hollywood version of uh, Drive. I'm uh, a big I'm a big uh, fan of uh, Gosling. So, how you feel about Gosling? I well, you know, I love Drive, and I love um, I love hey, him look. in a Notebook, and I love him in like a lot of movies, all other movie that he's been. You know, um, Blue he, Valentine is one of my favorite movies. I was I was leaning up on this futon. I was like, I felt like this fucking thing. I love I love Blue Valentine. I love Drive. You know, same as me. And that's that's one of my favorite movies of all time. And uh, yeah, maybe we watch it sometime. I just we do what we do is look. I'll get a laptop. I record on it, and then use my phone to record it and stuff. I was saying the same thing about uh. To live and die LA, which is like the same as uh, Drive. That's what they got it from. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. All right. So, I don't know. Who's that? What's which which Batman? Which Bruce Wayne? Who would you want to be right now? If shit is going down, there's yeah. chaos in the streets. Who do you want to be? Who, who do you want? Which Bruce Wayne would I want to be? Yes. If I take his whole wardrobe, his whole style, his whole swagger, his whole drip. Yep. For me, personally, it would have to be the George Clooney Batman. Because he was calm, cool, and collected like myself. He was chill as hell. He was chill as hell. And that's how I would be. Okay. I respect your opinion. But I think it was he wasn't Bruce Wayne. He was George Clooney. He was doing that while he was doing ER. Like, he knew that shit was just a fucking gig. That's why, you know, but Michael Keaton was like, yo, Michael Keaton is like, he's like, I'm Batman now. I'm Bruce Wayne. So, pretty much, I I gotta make the most of this. Uh-huh. I, like, it's either this or I'm back to sitcoms. So, he made that movie into his own. Like, I can't believe you said fucking George Clooney. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Nah. I mean, how you how how you framed the question is how I answered it. No, but he now, was—he wore a goddamn gray. He was wearing a gray fucking fleece, not even a, a turtleneck. It was like a fleece. And gray I, fleeces are flies, huh? <laughs> I know that, but like he was a straight up like you didn't do the laundry, you didn't do whatever. You know, it was like a weird like relationship. I guess it went back to Adam West, and I guess that's what he like. Big, I, like, listen, like, like he could have got. Look, look, look at this. Look at it this way. Chug, chug, chug. You're more into the whole, like Robin and Batman. I don't like. I don't like Batman. I, mean, I don't like uh, Robin. So basically, uh-huh. I think that you like the whole idea of like Batman and Robin. You know, makes sense. Duh. Makes sense. Boy, look at it this way. Look at this way. All right, go. George Clooney's Batman could have bagged. Poison Ivy, and he let it slide. He was like, "All right, like Robin, here you go. See what happens." Mm-hmm. And what happened? George Clooney's Batman knew what was up. Uh, I love this. Who the was shot. evil? 
I love he knew shot she was too. evil. That's why I relate. That's why I relate to yeah. that George Clooney. Yeah, but all right, yeah, it makes sense. All right, you're a good man then, actually, because uh, Michael Keaton just like dropped her off and it was like, get out. I relate to Michael Keaton. Right, Michael Keaton is an inspiration to me, but in a whole nother movie. Mr. Mom. Yes. Because <laughs> I want to be a stay at home mom. I want to be a stay at home dad. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of Mr. Moms going on in the future. So let's, we'll end on that note. Well, I'm, 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 I'm leading that wave. I will, I will volunteer to be me the first. Too. I'll be there too, but I, I don't like kids, so where where's the lady? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I mean, I already like soap operas, so <laughs> you're gonna film anymore. All right, we'll talk, man. That was good. Yeah, I get it. All man. right. That so, any good. any final thoughts about everything we've talked about today? Uh, yeah. We well overall, what else we talk about today? The um, the rundown. Are you lying? Yeah, are you lying? Like uh, going back. Everyone has a podcast now, and everyone has a blog. You know, not a blog, but everyone has a podcast nowadays. And Artie Lang created one early, the same time that we met. We saw him, and we met him in January of 2020. And he just completely went off the grid. And then about two months ago, people were asking, like, "What happened, man? Did you did you relapse and stuff?" And uh, hopefully, everything's going to go with him. We had a great time. Um, person. Yeah, he's a good guy. You know, I, I like, wish nothing but the best, but the best for that man. Like you love, you love the man. You hate the, the disease. Is what they say. And so that's that's with that. So, what else? We, oh yeah, and then also, um, Sandlot. I think Sandlot's a great movie. Um, I think it's a shocking, uh, shocking statement that. They think uh, that uh, show thinks it's a bad movie, which is bizarre. Um, what was the other one? Shocking. Um, the customers, yeah. I don't miss the customers. I'd rather the customers are not doing the work. That makes sense. It's like yeah. I like bullshit with customers and just like get the fuck out, you know. Me and Siobhan worked all the time with bullshit and stuff and. Uh, you know, we would clock in, clock out, but we would bullshit from beginning to end, you know? And uh, hopefully this podcast is just us talking about shit that comes in our mind and stuff uh, without the customers, but, uh, you know. Yeah. And, like, I just want to add, like, um, Ari Lang, um, very uh, kind you could tell he he's a very kind and um gentle soul and a sweet person. He's he's definitely somebody I wish the best for um going forward in life and I just hope like he keeps up uh, everything that's going for him cuz he seemed well when we met him and he was very friendly and very inviting and very and not, you know cuz when you meet some celebrities they're very um uh dismissive and he was the far opposite of that. Uh, Sandlot, I just, you know, maybe after the things we discussed today, I will rewatch it. Um, the customers, you know, there'll be more stories about customers because I think we only talked about um, a few today. Um, certainly the one that Mike uh, talked about, I have some stories about that same customer. 
So if you guys are interested in that and want us to tell more stories on that, you just let us know. Just let us know in the comments. Um, hit up our Facebook page. Hit up our Instagram. Just comment on it. And just tell us, hey, like, that's something we want to hear. If it's something you don't want to hear, then definitely let us know. It's something that bores you. And um, and then the, Bat- oh, the Batman Bruce Wayne thing. It's something I wanted to cover because, um, you know, secret identities in superhero movies aren't really a thing anymore. And I believe that's something that um, Batman the character has kept going, you know, the, the idea of a secret identity. So I really wanted to highlight, you know, because these, these actors, they, you're basically playing two characters. Mm-hmm. You're basically oh, well. getting paid to play one person. You're basically getting paid once to get to play the person, play two sides of the same coin. And you're also, you're an actor, human being playing an actor playing this. So it's like four almost. Think about it. Yeah, hey, and then you have to. When you work in when you're in Hollywood, you have the character, you know. Yeah, That's and then you job. have to make. And then you, when you 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 know when we talk about James Bond, like everybody has to make this character their own. So I just really wanted to highlight how these people play Bruce Wayne, how they dress as Bruce Wayne, how they act as Bruce Wayne, and I'm glad we got to talk about that. So this was the show me the money. This is our newest episode. Uh, episode four, no, actually, episode three. Uh, and me and Mike would like to thank everybody for listening, and we will see you on the next episode. Shug me the Mooney, Shug me the Mooney, Shug me the Mooney.